Hey everyone, it's Brandon Still, host of Nashville Restaurant Radio. And you know that I'm a big fan of having a plan and proactively using this time to make your business better. Times are tough, but reopening and recovery doesn't have to be. That's why I want to tell you about Kurt's Hospitality Marketing. It's a full-service sales, marketing, and public relations agency dedicated to growing revenues for their clients. You've heard Janet right here on National Restaurant Radio, and we've talked about all things, ideas to help restaurant owners, hotel owners stay clean and prepare for when we reopen. So give her a call, 615-456-3953, or check them out on the web, www.kurtzhospitality.com. That's K-U-R-T-Z hospitality.com. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, a podcast for and about the people of the Nashville restaurant scene. Now here's your host, the CEO of New Light Hospitality Solutions, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still. I am your host, and we have got another two-parter for you today. The executive chef of the 404 Kitchen, Matt Bolas, joins us, and we just get talking, and we're like two school kids, just can't stop talking about all the insanity that is happening right now, and we even get into stock tips. We're just, it's, it's it's an interesting, interesting episode, but we talk so long, we're splitting it up into two episodes, so part one is coming up. Part two is going to be put out later today, a little afternoon delight for you, and I really appreciate you guys listening. If you like listening to this show, please subscribe to it. Love to have you subscribers. That way you're going to get every show in your podcast inbox every single day when we put one out. So we appreciate you guys, and enjoy part one of my interview with Matt Bolas. And we are here with Matt Bolas. And Matt, you are the executive chef at the 404 Kitchen, correct? That's it. That is me. So happy to have you here, yeah. man. Thanks for doing happy, this. Happy to be on. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. So I, I, I want to jump right into it. Um, mm-hmm. how, is, how is this whole COVID-19 quarantine, stay at home, how's it doing for you personally? And, and how's the restaurant doing? Uh, yeah, personally, um, I have a six and three quarter year old, as she would say, uh, and a nine month old. So like any uh, parent, we're going a little stir crazy trying to figure out how to keep the kids occupied and, and happy, um, but enjoying being able to spend time with them and, and, and hang out with them when typically there's work and school and Girl Scouts and doctor's appointments and all those other things. So. On the positive note, we're getting to spend a lot of time together, which is great. Um, have you been a homeschool teacher? <laughs> I have been, not as much as my wife. My wife is is definitely taking the lead on that, but um, I have been, and, and I I believed it before, and and positively know it now. We should pay our teachers gross amounts more money. <laughs> I think that's a that that something everybody out there. I have a six and almost three quarter old as well, boy. <laughs> and I saw I saw a meme the other day that said uh, all these teachers teaching kids uh, long form math, and we're over here like, hey, carry the one, you know, like just 
yeah. basic stuff. And the teacher's like, no, 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 don't do this. Don't do that. Like, Sorry. That, that's what I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I'm, I'm hoping that the, the few lessons that I've given haven't screwed her up too much. Um, but yeah, so we're doing that. Uh, and it's been fun and, and grateful for all that. But, um, you know, professionally it's, it's, um, I don't know, this whole situation is kind of unpredictable at best. You know, you hear news reports from around the world that are uh, seemingly devastatingly bad. Uh, you hear local reports that, that kind of contradict each other. And we have the capability of doing one thing. And, and you say, well, are we doing that? Well, we have the capability to. Like, yes, I understand that. But are we actually, you know, are we, are we having these test centers? Are we doing these tests? Are we, you know, what are we doing? Um, so we're trying to filter through all that. Um, yeah, and we, what side we do you see stand it, on? How so? Um, I mean, I mean a lot I, of people know, that I, are I'm, like, I'm, reopen I'm, everything. You know, there's a big no. organization. They organized yesterday and said, there's all the people downtown picketing saying, like, reopen now. And there's the people that are like, eh, let's wait and see. So, you know, you and I are, are, seem to be in a very similar boat. We have young children at home, um, which I know aren't necessarily... Uh, it's acceptable, as they say, but I've seen the reports of, of children as young as two weeks contracting this. Yeah. Uh, so I worry about that. I have parents that are close to being in their 70s uh, and one with underlying health issues. So I worry about that. Um, no, I don't think we can just reopen everything all willy nilly and not worry about it. Herd immunization can be a, a devastating uh, way to do that, I, I, in my humble opinion. Um. And, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where we're going to have to tread lightly, I fear, for a while. It's funny, we were talking about this the other day about whether this is a, a big conspiracy theory or anything. And, and I just laughed. I thought, how can, you know, why don't you start calling everybody's family who died and start apologizing to them, see how conspiracy it is. It's horrible. It, it's, yeah. it's horrible to, it's the least, right? Um. And the ripple effect is just so profound. Um, and I don't care what subject you want to start in schools. You, what happens to, does, does your son and my daughter, do they just go from first grade to second grade? Do they never really complete first grade? Well, I mean, it's, yeah, that's a young enough grade that I don't know there's much significance there. But what about high school seniors? I mean, I sent a, um, uh, we got a, 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 a note from a parent the other day up in Virginia whose daughter loves the 404 when they come down um they come down on a regular basis and they come in to eat every time and she's turning 18 she's a senior in high school she's turning 18 um she didn't get to finish her senior year soccer season she doesn't get to go to prom she doesn't get to walk the stage she's turning 18 and doesn't get to have a party it's like you know that's those are pretty big moments in a child's life huge moments in a child's life yeah and and so that's the ripple effect and then you know you have college graduates and do they graduate do they do you just stop at midterms and say hey that's your grade well that's i mean speaking from my own experience my midterm grades might not have gotten me out of school um <laughs> you know so to, how does that work and and you know so the back to that girl you know, I, I just gave her a nice note and we sent her a, a, a big gift card like hey come in and eat come back to the kitchen and say hi um I, you know honestly i think we all have to, to work together in this 
And I think it, it I think even the ones that, that don't want to necessarily follow the rules, like the gentleman that was in front of me at the UPS store a week ago who just wanted to to cause trouble about having to stand six feet apart. And I was thinking to myself, man, you know, you, you, you're, you know, you're not the only one. And, and we're not saying that we're the only ones. If, if everybody works together in this, I think we're going to find a better sense of community. I think we're going to get a new perspective on what's important and what's not. And I, I think we're all going to come out of this for the better if we do that. But that's a very glasses half full perspective. And I love that because that's the take that I personally take. And I find it mm -hmm. fascinating how many people are just so angry. They're so angry at this whole thing. And it's okay. I guess that's okay to be angry, but I just would rather harness my energy for something different. I'm not going to yeah, allow myself to be that mad about it. Like I can't really do anything about it. So I guess I could go pick it and stand on the side of the street, but I'd rather be hanging out with my kids or doing something productive. So do you have any friends that opened restaurants yesterday? None that I know of. We've all been talking on, there's a, there's a board that's been going on WhatsApp that we've all stayed in communication with. And I, you know, I, my phone calls have, have, my daily phone calls have decreased exponentially. My daily text messages have increased exponentially. And it's always, uh, but this is great. This is what I'm talking about, that sense of community. You know, it's, it's this person saying, hey, man, chat in a minute. How are things? You need anything? You know, how's the family? And, and we talk for a brief minute, right? Um, or me asking, me talking to another chef the other day saying, hey, I've got my ideas of, of what's going to be required of, of our staff as we open up. And, and I want to chat with you about that. But I also want to ask you, what are we expecting of guests and what control do we have of our guests, which is you know next to none? How are we going to handle all this? Because we can require all the, the extreme protocols from our staff. But what about that guest that walks in? I mean, other than, you know, you walking in and, and nothing but tidy whities and I can say, hey, Brandon, man, you got to go, right? Because <laughs> it's, it's inappropriate. But uh, not that you don't look good in tidy whities You may look fantastic in tidy whities um, I, I, I but, don't, but... <laughs> it's not uh, a I thing don't you want to see yeah um but so you know that's that's it's a question it's a question that i don't think any of us have answers to but we're all talking a lot now we're all communicating we're all um we're all supporting and, and you know one of the things we want to do is hey when we when when mayor cooper decides to to start phase one or phase two or whatever phase we're going to be in we want to be united uh, in the sense of this is what we're going to require of our staff and this is what we're going to require of the guests. Because we have to take, we, we, have a, we have a responsibility to take care of our staff as well. 100%. So, so have you brought your staff back yet? Because I saw you're doing, you're doing takeout, right? We're doing right curbside now. and takeout. We do it, we're, we're, we've partnered with Adele, so we're doing two restaurants out of one. Uh, okay. That's just for logistics. And sure. also, you know, you want 404, your wife wants Adele's. Hey, we've got it for you. Yeah, and, and it's one stop. Right? Much easier, so yeah. We're doing that. Um, and we've brought some staff back. We, we are, are working with Second Harvest, 
to help fill their need for meals right now. Oh, great. And that has been, we, we have all the salary cooks, all the salary management and employees at Adele doing the curbside and, and the specialty menus. Uh, we did a big one for Easter and for Passover. Uh, we're going to, we're working on one for Mother's Day and I'm working on some ideas like, you know, on a day like today, how nice would it be to take the wife and kids out and go on a picnic, even if it's just in your backyard or your front yard? So, Perfect. you know, come, come pick it. I want to do a picnic menu and all in, you know, mason jars and fun little things and, you know, bologna sandwiches and, and chilled corn pudding and stuff like that. You know, fun things that you wouldn't normally think about making and might not do it on your own just because like, I don't want to go through the hassle, but hey, somebody's got it. Like, let's go pick it up and. And just go on a picnic in our own backyard. Yeah. Um, so we're working on things like that, that. But all the salaried people are doing that. And then we're bringing in the hourly cooks um, with Second Harvest. And so it's, it's helping Second Harvest. It's helping our, our, our hourly staff get some, get some time in. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's tough. And, you know, and that's just, it's limited. So but were you able to secure anybody's needs? Did you guys secure a PPP loan? No, we have not. Mm. Nope. Well, I, just, I, I asked because there's. I had a, I had Nick and Audrey Gidry on this week and uh, uh-huh. of Pelican and Pig, and we talked at, at kind of at length about just how all of this is shaken out. Just if you look at the Nashville Hospitality Boards, Facebook or or socials. You're just seeing a lot mm-hmm. of people that are afraid to go back to work and you see a lot of people that, I, mean, I think if you work at some chains, I think you're seeing people that are making more money now uh, on unemployment and stimulus and that kind of are like, hey, if I go back to work, I make less. And then people that are making more, that would typically make more, that don't want to go back because it's going to be half full or there's just so many different stipulations that are going on Right. that I just didn't know. Right. Like, I think that's coming from somebody who employs a bunch of people and are bringing people back, just kind of what your take on the whole thing was. So that's a, that's it. Just another, like I said, I, I, I don't care what rabbit hole you want to climb down with this ripple effect. I mean, it, it is like throwing a dart at a barn at the side of a barn full of bullseyes. You're going to hit one. Um, yeah. We've, we started talking about this. How, how are we going to bring employees back? And so our guys that are on unemployment right now, you know, they're getting their whatever from the state up to $275 and they're getting their $600 from the government, right? Yeah, so the scenario is we're, we're going to reopen and, and phase one is 50% capacity. Um, phase two is 75% capacity. Phase three is a hundred percent capacity. And, um, and again, those are all theories. And I say that be, not because in theory, it doesn't mean that in theory you you can or can't open a 50%. The fact is you can open a 50%, but what does that mean business-wise? You know, if you have 100 seats and you can only seat 50 of them, are you going to seat 50 guests? Are you going to seat 100 guests in the night? Are you going to seat 10 guests? Um, honestly, I think people have been home enough that it's going to be a tsunami of business when everybody starts to first reopen. Right. Uh, where I also think there's a potential danger. And so you go back to what, what are we going to require of our guests? You know, you, you, everybody has to wear face masks and gloves. I'm in, 
Now, how do I eat and drink? You can't. I don't right? think the guest, as a guest, you can't. Right. Right. So, yeah, there's there's already in, just just inherent problems in in all the solutions. I think the good news is that you're going to see a lot of that. There's a lot of that that's going to happen right now in Williamson County and Franklin and yeah. Brentwood. Like you're going to or half of Brentwood, but you're going to see a ton of that before you open. You'll know some of those answers because people so. will have gone through it. Yep, I think so. And and uh, we, you're fortunate in Davidson County that we get to – there's some testers, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, the the, the Franklins are going to open up. The, the Williamsons are going to open up. The Knox Counties are going to open up. And we're going to be able to see how things go for some people before maybe we reopen. Yeah. But then you go back to staffing and you say – I say, hey, Brandon – you know, I was uh, I was paying you uh, eighteen bucks an hour when when we had to let you go. We're gonna bring you right back at eighteen dollars an hour and benefits and everything else. And, oh, fantastic! And you know, we're thinking thirty to forty hours a week, but you know the game, man. I mean, no business. We gotta cut hours. We gotta watch costs, especially right now. And so you start thinking, oh, well, okay, thirty dollars an hour or thirty thirty hours at eighteen an hour, right? And that's five hundred and forty dollars a week. The government gives me six hundred a week alone, plus the state gives me another two seventy five. That's eight seventy five or five hundred forty. I mean, what are you going to do? That's forty five five a year. Yeah, and and somebody says, oh well, the ones that have the the passion to cook, they'll come back. Oh, I mean, I'll throw that out as an option. Oh, and the ones that 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 had insurance before don't have insurance now, so they'll come back and cook. Um, maybe. Maybe. I also. I also think that, you know, they're, they're early 20s to, to early 30s in demographic. And it, like many in the restaurant business live paycheck to paycheck. And, and I'm not thinking about insurance, <clears throat> excuse me, at that age. I'm not thinking about passion uh, necessarily. I mean, I definitely chased passion in, in my career over a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of times money even, but right now, and it's not a finite period because uh, the, the stimulus will all run out, but right now I'm, I'm earning a pretty big raise. Oh, and I've got a lot of money in my pocket because I'm not going to the bars every night. Yeah. And I kind of like that, but you want me to go work potentially. And that's the key is you want me to come in potentially for $540 a week where I can not go in and guaranteed get eight seventy five a week, even if it's just for another whatever it is, twelve weeks or fourteen weeks. I mean, to me, that's a huge problem. Do you think the government did a disservice to restaurants? No, think- not in that. I think I think that was fantastic. I think this. Um, I think this this stimulus package in in the sense of um, you know the 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 PPP where you have to have a hundred percent of your employees working uh, their, their average weekly hours at their current rate of pay or higher. Um, you know, but you, but you're also only going to allow us to open up at 50% capacity. And I have to have a hundred percent payroll, but, but 50% business at the most. I mean, that's the thing too, you know, go back to our scenario, you have a hundred seats. And you're typically seating, you know, 200 in a night or 300 in a night. The most you can do is 150. So the most you can do is 50% of your business, right? 
but I still have to maintain 100% of the payroll. That's, you know, that's a handicap. Um, I know we started applying for uh, the other um, loans that were out there for stuff. And and one of the banks said, hey, by the way, you don't have a credit card, so you don't don't qualify for this loan. Like, what? What what do you mean you don't have a credit card, you don't qualify the loan? So we're going to get deemed because we don't have a, a corporate credit card. So I mean, that's a, that's where I think the disservice came in, um, and the whole and I know that the, the chaos about with Chris and uh, uh, Shake Shack and all them getting millions of dollars instantly. Like wow, <laughs> you know that's that's bold too. The t- the most amazing story yesterday was the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers gave back their four point whatever million dollar small business loan that they got. I didn't know they got one. The Los Angeles Lakers got a small business loan. Yeah. Yeah. And see, that's, that's the kind of thing, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. Are the, are the sports areas hurting? Gosh, I mean, they're hurting as much as we are. And, and if not more, maybe, you know, they, they can't do, they can't do curbside. Right. They can't do specialty menus or games or whatever. And so um, there is like, you know, a 99% standstill other than the, what is it? The draft that they did the other day that they said the viewership was so high on, but the NFL draft, you yeah. can't, yeah, we can't have virtual games. It's nobody wants to virtually watch anything like baseball when there's no lure of the crowd or, or uh, the, the, you know, hearing everybody cheer when there's a uh, grand slam, you know, or the, or the, or the oohs and ahs of the, the football stadium when there's a good pass or a hard hit or so. I, I'd, I'd watch yeah, hockey right now in an thing, empty stadium. <laughs> I would, I would do anything to see a current sports game. I've seen all yeah. the ESPN highlights. Um, I would totally do that. No, but it's so, and, and that's the thing. And then it's in like the service industry. It's not just, it's not just the athletes, it's the stadium workers, it's the ticket counter uh, employees, it's the, 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 the staff that works for the companies that sources all the products that are used there. It's the, the companies that make the products that are used there. It's all their employees. And, you know, it's like us and we have our, our chemicals for our dish machine and our, our bathrooms and our uh, the hand sanitizing stations that we all have to have now. And then you have the linen company and you have uh, all these other various, you know, the farmers and whatnot. And, and all these people are affected and this, this ripple just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It does. You know? And so I, I think the government did a great job stepping in and getting, and actually getting that $600 in people's pockets quickly. I agree. Um, you know, is there something else that needs to be done? I have no clue. I don't, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, we've had problems where we've had to call landlords cause we've had, we've had line cooks that were facing eviction. Um, you know, one wow. landlord saying, Hey, you're going to have to get out tomorrow. We, we just, we called and said, Hey, this is what's going on. And this person said, yeah, I don't care. And so we called the cops and cops went down there and solved it. And this, this, uh, employees safe and sound in their place, you know, for the time being and and there's no consequences but we got a nasty email from this person that said hey you know stay out of my business you, know, you don't have a clue what's going on it's like, well no i 
I, I have a clue what's going on with, with our employee. Right. Yeah. And, and again, we're all in this together. And so let's work on this together. Nobody's saying that anything should be free. Right. I don't think that I should not pay my mortgage and it should just be forgiven. Um, but if people can't pay their mortgages, why can't the bank say, cool. So your mortgage is going to end June of you know 2041. It's just going to end in July in 2041. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of that easy. And then you you hear reports where a third of the banks are saying, "Yeah, you can furlough or you what is it called? Forbearance. Uh, it's not deferment. It's uh, forbearance. Yeah, you can for put your mortgage into forbearance. A third of the people are saying that's not possible. A third of the people are being told that you can do it without penalty and it's just extended at the end of the loan. And a third of the people are saying that at the end of forbearance, you own a balloon payment of all the uh, Miss payments. Ooh. Two of those three scenarios are pretty harsh. Yeah. Right. Very harsh. And so, you know, again, it's, that's one of those things where like I told uh, uh, our management team is, as all this started and, Oh, what about this? And what about that? And I kept saying, guys, that's tomorrow's problem. What do we need to work on today? And I think that's what, I think that's where people are getting mixed up. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's Tuesday, right? It is Tuesday. This schedule has also gotten me like, I know how many days I'm off and then how many days I'm on. This will, this <laughs> so will be released to the public on Wednesday, but today is Tuesday. I don't know what day of the week it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of weird. It's, it's this pseudo vacation mentality of not caring what time or what day of the week it is. And I'm kind of there, which is relaxing. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, a little confusing because you're like, huh, I wonder when I lost complete touch with reality. Uh, but back to the topic, I, you know, it, I, you know, my thing is, and I try to tell people, solve today's problems, right? Don't, I'm not saying don't plan for tomorrow because everybody should have a little bit of forethought and, and think about what needs to be done or what you would like to do. Um, but there's a difference between planning and worrying, right? A hundred percent. When you and I talk about, Hey, let's, let's do this podcast on, on Tuesday. Let's let's record this on Tuesday. And you just said you're planning on editing and and producing Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. None of that's worry. But no. if, if you're sitting there like, God, what you know, what happens if my computer goes down or 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 Matt's just a real jerk and I gotta it takes me too long to edit it and, and you know, you start doing all this and well, why? What stop? What we need to worry about today is, hey, do you have an app running because you're, you're, you're getting a little garbled? Or did you get the email? Can you sign in? Those are today's problems, right? Worry yep. about those and that's it. And if we all focus on that uh, and we get today's problems solved, tomorrow, we just have tomorrow's problems. We don't have tomorrow's and today's problems. Dude, I was on a Zoom call um, for a Nashville EO group. And... There was a mm-hmm. guy hosting the group. His name was Dan Dapani. So if you're out there listening, Dan it's Dan Dapani. He's a guru. He's a uh, he was a monk, a Buddhist monk, and he has an app. Oh, okay, it's called the Dan Dapani app, and it's like daily meditations and all of this stuff, man. And the guy just he trains your brain to just start the day off with gratitude and joy and how to keep your like train your brain to constantly be looking towards the positive and it's not getting out of reality yeah. but it's really cool but he he said on this call the Wait, day, no, he that's, said about, that's the thing it's trained for for positivity yeah yeah it, that you know if you go into the situation with a negative attitude you will get negative results that is 100 percent guaranteed 
Well, he said something super powerful on this call. He said, there's three, there's three moments in time. There's the past, there's the present, and the future. He, and he gave an anecdote to kind of go with it. But the gist of it was, why would you be in the present, take your brain to go to the future, conjure up something that could potentially happen that hasn't happened, and then bring that thing that you thought about from the future back to the present and worry about it. You're living right now, but right. you're you're worried about something that hasn't happened, probably won't happen, but it's affecting your present. It's affecting the way that you live your life right now. And I thought, that's pretty damn powerful. Like, why why would you do that? Why would you? But it's so true. But it, people do it. Oh, well, what if this happens? Well, if that happens in that moment, you'll, I mean, you can plan for if that happens, what you'll do, but there's no point in worrying about it, being fearful, being anxious. That's not healthy. That's not mentally healthy. No, we're playing. We, we, we all go, uh, my family, we all go to the same place uh, each year for vacation and uh, we rent the same house and we all stay together and, and it's uh, my wife and kids and myself and my parents and, and, and our, my in-laws and, and my sister-in-law and her husband. <clears throat> and obviously this year we've already put the deposit down and this year, you know, trying to figure it out. And there's been a ton of back and forth and a ton of back and forth. And I always once said, Hey, when's, when's, uh, when do we have to make the decision? And it, it was April 20th and they moved it to May 20th. I said, okay, you'll get my decision on May 19th. Because I don't have a clue what Florida is going to look like or Tennessee is going to look like or anything else is going to look like next week, um, which is the beginning of May, much less right now. We don't know what's going to look like right? at noon today. That, right. And I know that you can you can go to the beach in Florida. Uh, that's a fact. Uh, I also know that it's illegal to have a chair or a beach towel because you can't sunbathe. You can only fish, surf, swim, uh, or walk. Well, part of our vacation is we go to the beach and set up a tent and watch kids Dang. play in the ocean and, and, and sit in chairs. <laughs> we, we, I think we do that same vacation. Yeah. And so um, I'm actually not going to try to figure out what May 19th looks like. Um, Cause May 19th is going to get here hopefully. And when it does, we'll talk about it then and make that decision. And if it doesn't, well, it's just one less decision that I don't have to make. True. All right. Power so, of positive thinking. But the same thing about the past. You know, we're trying to we're trying to figure out a lot of stuff. Like how did how did uh, how did the world fare after the 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 Spanish flu? Well, I, we can read about it, but what what does that have to do with restaurants in 2020? Mm. Yeah, you know, I think there's some some there's things also, we to can me, learn a greater from. sense of community mm-hmm. back then. Um, which I think we need to learn. There wasn't social media. There wasn't uh, there wasn't a a, a media media bias towards um, uh, drama, right? No. Um, and and so there's a lot of things different back then. Well, social media changes everything. Oh, I'm mean, instant instantaneously it does everything. It's the biggest thing. And I, I don't I don't want to say instant gratification. I just want to say instant change. <laughs> so I, you, you know? went to UT Knoxville, right? And you got your bachelor's in business administration. I did. Does some of this, yes. does all of this, some of this, any of this? And I, I mean, I'm going to set aside the people side of this because I think every single person out there feels for all the people. 
right? We, we're, there are people that are hungry, that need food. There's a lot of, there's a lot of hurt going on right now. Okay. I'm not discounting any of yeah. that, but is there a side of this that absolutely intrigues you being a business guy that kind of also oh. the chef, is there a side of this that you just like, I don't know, you, you're kind of eager yeah. to learn about and like, it's fascinating. I kidding me. I wish I had a, a 10 million gallon storage container that I could have pumped oil into the other day when it hurt, hit negative $37 a barrel. Oh gosh. Could have retired. <laughs> like, yeah. All day. If I just you had know? like three or four pools in my backyard, I could have filled up. Yeah. You know, so it, you, it is. there's, there's, you have to, in a business sense, um, my grandfather, uh, let's see, he was born, he was in his 20s during the Depression. Um, and it was just, a, he was a hard worker. He was a farmer. He was conservative or financially conservative. I don't want you, everybody to get in an uproar about politics. He's financially conservative. Um, and where he was, he had the opportunity to buy a lot of land throughout the Depression, and he did. And it wasn't for this quick flip or turnaround. He just bought it. He was, people needed money or, or he found a deal and, and, and proposed it. And the person said, yes, however it was, it wasn't a, um, uh, predatory sense of, of sure. acquisition. It was just, it, it just happened. Um, and he sat on it for years and years and years. Cause he was in a part of Western Kentucky that really just wasn't a big thing, right? There wasn't a lot of development or whatnot, but then, but then McDonald's came and, and they needed land and, and he had the street corner they wanted. And, and so bit by bit, he made some decent money on that. Right. Sure. And so, um, I will say that, that, uh, you know, the guy, and, and I hope he is listening to your podcast, but the guy that charged a lady in East Nashville, $27,000 to, to cut down and haul off her tree after the tornado. Um, he should $27,000. $27,000, yes. He should be uh, in to, jail. To cut this tree. Yeah, completely, right? You know, and those guys, those predators that are out there, that they, they need to be they need to be checked. But, um, you know, now's the time, you know, if you've been looking at a house, now's the time to really look at it. Money's cheap. Buy. If you're looking to sell a house, uh, which my wife and I are, we still own a house in Charleston, and we've had a tenant in there for a number of years, and I reached out uh, just the other day and said, hey, if you were looking to stay, let's talk about talk about selling it to you. Again, money's cheap, so you know there's 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 opportunity here, and in, in a very positive uh, way for both parties, the buyer and the seller, or the or the the inventor and the and the and the consumer, whatever it may be. There's a lot of opportunity here. There's a lot of opportunity in the stock you know, market again, right now. Oh, I tell you, listen, <laughs> if you can afford to to trickle money in trickle it in coming completely you know and i was thinking when i was at merrill lynch i think the the, the dow reached uh gosh 18 18,000 maybe when i was there i'm trying to remember the high when i was there um i think it hit you know, 29 was, what, 29? right before this whole thing happened it well it was yeah so so you think about it just not even speculating on which stocks to buy just buy the indices buy the s&p buy the dow buy nasdaq right the dow jones and, right now is at twenty four thousand. yeah and it had dropped all the way down to what 17 <laughs> i mean think about that seven thousand point gain it's 18 just buying that indices you 
yeah, you didn't get you you didn't pick the next Microsoft or Amazon or whatever. But also in that, buy Amazon. How many times does Amazon come to your house today? Well, that, not yet, but they will. Like, oh no, I feel like if if they ever want to start drone service, they could start it at my house. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I mean, because we get, but it's, but again, I, my wife doesn't necessarily want to go to the grocery store by herself, much less with two kids right now. Okay, well, they'll deliver it. Is there a fee? Sure is, but that's supporting somebody else as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's mutually beneficial, right? Amazon, think about, uh, look around. What are the essential businesses that you wouldn't think are essential? Um, well, I'm thinking, liquor stores. I'm thinking investment wise, I've been thinking about businesses that are sustainable that have been closed. I mean, I, I look at like the retail sector, like Nordstrom that trades at like $42 and is sitting right now at like 18. I go, they haven't been sitting at 18. Like if you bought right now Nordstrom and it goes back to 30, you're making a 50% increase on your money. Double your money, yeah. Right there. Uh, yeah. There's so many, like yeah. Southwest oh, Airlines yeah. is at $28 right now and it sits at 52 usually. You go, do you think that Southwest so airlines, is going to return? I definitely would. 100% Southwest, especially uh, when you look at them from their history, from the beginning, uh, when was it Herb Kellner, uh, who, who created it, was became one of the largest distributors of Jack Daniels because you got a bottle of Jack Daniels every time you took a flight from Dallas to LA or whatever it was. And, and the fact that he worked a, a position in the company, a different position in the company until he worked every single one of them each year, right? Um, their business model and the way they've operated um, is more than going to weather this storm. When you get into the to the the other carriers and and especially some of the discount ones, they may not. Yeah, they may not climb back as quickly. So I, I completely agree with you. I would look at the uh, look at the people you didn't even think about, like the Lysol, the Johnson and Johnsons, the stuff like that. They've taken a hit with the market. But they're still producing. Let's talk um, about food food companies. I, bet- I mean, Cisco's at fifty six dollars, and it normally trades around eighty. U.S. Foods is at twenty dollars, yeah. and they're usually sit around forty two. PFG's at twenty seven seventy five this very minute, and they're usually around the forty five dollar range. Like, gosh, if you all all will come back. You you and I both know that all those people are not back. going to quit going out to eat. No <clears throat> car manufacturers. I would say that they're at a great discount and probably going to get a little cheaper. Yeah, probably. You know, um, gas companies, probably the discount, probably going to get a little bit cheaper, maybe. Um, but don't try to predict the floor either, right? And don't get mad to me, you know, I go in and buy a stock right now for 50 and tomorrow it's 45. Don't get mad about that. If you still believe in it, buy some more if you can. Yeah, and you still lower that price basis. Full disclaimer: Do not like we're not giving any financial advice here. Like, don't don't go and buy yeah. a bunch of these particular stocks and be like, "You told me to buy them." Like, I there <laughs> and any investment you make out there is your own risk. That is your own deal. That's right. I don't want you to spend your stimulus money on stocks, and then <laughs> and then right? this thing takes a turn and you lose all that money. That is not what I'm telling you to do. This is your own. Please do not hold me accountable. For anything that you decide to do, but we will take ten percent on any gains that you make. A thousand percent. 
Yes. <laughs> when you when but you, you know, make that, what you just said got me thinking. I bet there's somebody out there that is taking the six hundred dollars that they're getting a week and straight throwing it at something like the market, and they're gonna come out of this just just Wealthy. filthy rich. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when all these big blue chip stocks are 50% off right now and you go, hey, I can put all this money in there and then in six months it's going to, you know, it's going to pay me. Yeah. Will you tell me that, that crude oil and negative 37 a barrel, that there's not an opportunity there? Uh, this is how the rich get richer. I mean, that literally, that means, and, and, and I, I called. My dad, who worked for Pilot Oil for last 20 years, at least, if not longer, um, I said, explain this to me because I have my definition in, in, in my um, somewhat educated brain, and I feel like um, it's wrong, that I'm second-guessing myself. And what does this mean? And he said, basically, it means for these, for these deliverables right now, the futures are different and Lot market's different, but for these deliverables right now, I have to pay you thirty-seven dollars and whatever it was a barrel that you take from me. I said that's exactly what I thought it meant. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, there's somebody out there right now just tickled pink." I said, "Yeah." Well, there, there's. I saw a thing uh -huh. on the WeatherChannel.com that had there's like hundreds of huge tankers sitting off the coast of California. They're just these oil companies are paying like fifty thousand dollars a day. For these tankers just to hold their oil. It's like just to sit there. Just, they're That's just right. sitting there parked, like, damn, I wish I had a tanker right now. Uh-huh. Well, I that's it. And and you know, <laughs> people don't think, oh, just stop pumping. Well, so here's the deal. Once you break the seal in a well, you either pump it out or the earth pumps it back into itself. That's it. It goes away. Right? There's a limited amount of time. And it doesn't happen, you know, overnight. But you can't just stop and and yeah, screw the, the lid back on the milk carton and put it in the fridge yeah you you once you start pumping you've got a or it'll dry up hmm. you well know? i tell you so, what we've, we've been talking for 45 minutes and uh this is nashville restaurant radio i don't think we've talked about a restaurant <laughs> yet <laughs> we talked briefly we talked briefly about briefly. a restaurant yes briefly yeah but this is this is the interview with Matt Bolas that you're not going to get anywhere else. <laughs> and I have to say that part one really was the interview with Matt Bolas you're not going to get anywhere else. Um, in part two, we do get into the 404 Kitchen and we talk about what he's doing. But again, we just continue to talk about all kinds of stuff. Um, so I hope you enjoyed part one. We We definitely went off the rails a little bit. And I guarantee you that we are going to do a follow-up to both part one and part two inside the restaurant while cooking, and there will be video involved. So thanks for sticking around. Thanks for listening to part one. Part two will be out this afternoon, so you do not have to wait too long, but just a little bit. I also want to thank Janet Kurtz and Kurtz Hospitality if you're really thinking about what you need to do, if you have any questions, give her a call. She's amazing. Uh, check her out at KurtzHospitality.com. As always, hope you're doing well. Hope you're being safe. Love you guys. Bye.